Hello, and welcome to the eighth installment of the Persephone program, my ongoing um, babbling about astrology, metaphysics. Uh, and for the first time ever, I have my very first guest. Um, I don't know if I'm going to have more guests, but the, it always seems like it's like a better podcast with another person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It is Sarah Fruman from the School of Sparkles, the woman who has put together the incredible Joshua Tree retreat that we're doing this September 13th through the 15th with Chris Medina and Kate Mulhern of Earthways Yoga. Um, incredible. It is sold out. So thank you, Sarah. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) So we're excited, but we're going to do more. So if you didn't get your ticket, uh, we're having something else coming up. There's a lot of really good ideas. Um, And I kind of want to like talk to Sarah about astrology because um, Sarah, Sarah was introduced to me by Chris Medina as someone who is interested in astrology. And um, I think that she was like, and she's quite a good astrology student. And I think that she definitely like had to like pick my brain in order to see, you know, if I knew what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's funny because I've had astrology readings with other people that have basically just spoken in like metaphors for an hour on stuff that Mm. I already knew. And I've been like, well, I got that the first time you said it. So I liked that you were able to offer like a lot of different, knowledge um and stuff that I don't know about or Mm -hmm. didn't know about at the time and now know a little bit more about yeah yeah that's true I mean believe me I've had many astrology readings too and I still have a lot of recordings cassette tapes and stuff of astrology readings (laughs) I had back in the day and even of my mom's astrology readings too and so much of them were really like someone was like reading from a book you know yeah yeah um, and I've had some famous astrologers do my charts too. And then they would just spend the entire time talking about whatever I'd say like geeky subject about astrology that they were really interested in, like quintiles, <laughs> you know, or things like that. Like, That's and just talking one. about quintiles. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I had an astrology reading with Rick, Rick, uh, Rick Levine, mm-hmm. who's a fairly well-known astrologer. Yeah. And, um, you know, and he's kind of like the... Um, you know, the, the quintile guy, you know, and so he's talking about different, and which it's really fascinating. And there's so many astrologers alive today that are kind of like groundbreaking in doing something like creating interpretations for aspects that aren't as well known, you know. Um, and so, yeah, but he spent like our whole reading for the most part, maybe not all of it. He's a great guy, don't get me wrong, but um, a lot of it talking about what he's turned on by, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that happens a lot. Yeah, I mean, it, when you, when I do astrology readings too, they're a little bit different than many other astrologers because a lot of astrologers will kind of sit down and kind of describe from a cookie cutter textbook standpoint, mm-hmm. like your placements, like, you know, you're a Capricorn, Sarah, so you're hardworking, you know, and that kind of stuff. And, you know, you've got a moon, you know, in Aquarius or what have you and what that means. And then, you know, or, or they'll go off on, you know, your grand trine or your square or your, you know, stellium and really get down to describing that and not really synthesizing. Mm-hmm. The reason why you're here, you know, why are you calling me today for a reading? So that's what I try to do. You mm-hmm. know? And you have, you integrate all those um, intuitive spiritual um, practices that you have into it, which not 
like some people just do straight intellectual right yeah what this means and for me I'm sure there's probably some people that that's all they want but I'm just less interested in that so I like that well you're getting it from the books you know, yeah. you're able to understand that. You yeah. want to know like a deeper, because when you study astrology, it's like a lot about like uh, learning, you know, like learning to drive a car, you know, it's like you learn how, you learn what this, uh, you know, archetypal energy means. Okay. Mm-hmm. There's like a set definition, but then at the same time, like anything else, it's like super multidimensional. And how does it like work in play and synthesis with the rest of your chart, you know? And what's happening right now? Like, what is it that you really need to, to learn, you know? Um, I think that's more interesting and fitting. Oh, yeah. And I mean, exactly. Like, I can read what things mean in a book, so I don't really need someone to tell me that. Yeah. So you can I look it up. Like, you can Google it. Yeah. The internet's around, so it's nice having someone that's able to, like, see it and feel it and tell you a little bit about like how you may be experiencing it versus so well tell me like you just told me earlier that you kind of got into spiritual work and mysticism through your own religion through Judaism but like how did you get specifically into astrology so I've always been somewhat interested in astrology we always talked about like the sun signs growing up I Mm -hmm. I'm at the end of the 29th degree of Capricorn. And mm-hmm. so if I was born, you know, just like maybe an hour or two later, I maybe even less than that, I would have been an Aquarius. Yeah. My sister and my father are Aquariuses mm-hmm. and they are have a lot of very heavy similarities. So we would always joke about that growing up and say like, oh, that's such an Aquarian thing. Even though some of those things <laughs> are just like, you know, genetic, weird yeah. <laughs> um, things. But... I got kind of deeper. I was thinking about this recently. Um, after college, I went to Israel for a year. I got my first astrology reading actually in Israel when I was 19, and mm. it was, like, not accurate really at all now um, in spot. But um, I had a friend who also got me into the style of yoga that Kate comes from, which is very specific. Um and she was really into it. So she's like, oh, let me look up your moon and your, like, rising. And then... I was interested in that, and I think I just got more and more interested in it, like living alone after college until I decided I really wanted to know what the birth charts meant and everything. Mm -hmm. When I first looked at it, I was like, oh, this is really complicated. Maybe I don't want to do this. And then once you peel back one layer at a time, it gets more and more interesting. (laughs) Once you're able to read what the birth chart means, I think it's really helpful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I totally agree. I mean, it is complicated. And I remember, too, it's like – you know, I, I think Chris asked me this too. He's like, well, why astrology? Because when I was younger, it was way more the tarot because that's how, I think that was like my gateway. I also like was all, my mom was astrologer. So it was mm-hmm. all around me all the time, but it was not just that, like it was like numerology and so many things, you know? I mean, my mom was working on like, you know, she had like, I don't know if you remember those like psychic cards where they had all those images, like the wavy line and stuff, and you were supposed to study them. Remember she had those, she did numerology, she had all of these, like you name it, my mom did it. She was like super into the I Ching. She was super into- So cool. So many things, palmistry, tea leaves. I mean, she was really interested in divination in general. And she ended up also being more predominantly an astrologer and that's what she you know did as a business 
she didn't necessarily do, you know, tarot or anything else or, or read any of the mm-hmm. other stuff that she did on her own, like a lot of numerology and stuff. But it, everything was around. But I think it's like astrology is just so much deeper and more succinct than any other divinatory technique that I've ever used. It's just incredible. It just mm-hmm. tells the whole picture. And it's just so, it's like, it's like a living clock, you know, it's just, it's incredible. And that's why I like the idea of it being called like a psycho-spiritual DNA. But it's always interesting to me to see who gravitates towards it. Cause a lot of times they're like super intellectuals, mm-hmm. you know, like it's like a very kind of like almost a masculine kind of intellectual construct for people. Mm-hmm. But that's not how I approach it, as you know. You know, it's a little bit more heart-centered. You know, it's a little bit more intuitive. Yeah, I think I just mostly wanted to understand people better. And I think it's been very helpful, especially when I've had friends that are, like, heavy fire signs and liked going out all the time. Yeah. And I, like, felt bad that I felt like sitting home and learning astrology on, like, a Friday night, which is stuff (laughs) I do with my time. Um, But I think understanding, like, different placements and elements has really helped me understand Mm -hmm. people and feel like less bad about myself. Yeah. I mean, you know, (laughs) uh, to be honest, like the classic outsider, you know, um, is this, the seeker, you know? And so if you feel at all, like you can't, you know, different, I guess, you know, you are going to search, you know, for, for ways to connect and also for Mm -hmm. understanding astrology definitely does that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you. I, I also see that you are, I mean, you've got your North Node in Aquarius too, but there is a, a strongly kind of Aquarian vibe to you as well. But um, you do, you're part of that generation that has that Capricorn stellium mm-hmm. and you're the 29th degree, the anoretic degree of Capricorn. So you embody and encompass Capricorn. But the idea also is that, you know, karmically, you're ready to move out of Capricorn. This is going to be your last Capricorn lifetime in a while. <laughs> when you leave, you're, you're leaving Capricorn. You know, it's a, it's something that you've mastered. And mm-hmm. so throughout your life, you're probably going to have a lot of Capricorn, I guess, situations come up, you know, mm-hmm. um, about mastery and, um, you know, and, and having to take a certain kind of responsibility and also to achieve. So I think that you see that already, you know, Mm because you're a young woman and I think you've achieved quite a bit so far. Thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, you know, I get, I mean, I get it. Like I'm a double Capricorn too. And when I was young, I mean, I think my first or second job, I was a manager. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm that person, you know, you get hired and you just, you know, you're good at your job. Yeah. For me, I feel like it was my, my South node in the 10th house, you know, of, um, achievement that I think that um, I just naturally was able to take charge. Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like that too. I started working really in college when I was 19 at certain things. And then I have basically, I was thinking about this the other day because now when I do freelance work for anything marketing related outside of, you know, my business, I, when I first started doing this stuff, I was getting paid $10 an hour, which was great in college to just like sit at home and do social media. That was pretty mm-hmm. easy. And now I'm like, I never do under like $100 an hour. So I was just kind of thinking about Woo! that. Yeah. Dang and how, and I'm like, I'm really, I, I don't feel like I'm that much better at it now. It's <laughs> just like you get better at selling yeah. and things like that. And then people take you more seriously, but well, yeah, you got yeah. ten. You got ten plus years. Yeah, of, you know, yeah. I you. easily get hired for 
things work-wise. That stuff's easy. Other things are harder. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, you know, you put together this amazing Joshua Tree retreat, which is really a lot. Like, that's pretty cool, you know, to do something like this. I know that you've worked other events like Wanderlust and stuff, but tell me, like, how you um, envisioned this and how do you feel about it? I mean, obviously we haven't done it yet, your very first retreat, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, it's a fairly prestigious, you know, place. Um, and, you know, you've sold out. So what's your thoughts like right now on, on um, the future and how you feel about, about this achievement? Um, yeah, so to start with what you were saying, like how did I start doing this? I, I was like kind of, I had a podcast for the first part of the year. I was really serious about actually starting to do something because I felt like my life was the same for years and I was not happy about that. Um, which it was fine. It just like wasn't, that's boring. And I knew that I wanted to start a business at some point. And really when like Chris kept talking on his podcast about you and him doing something, I just like really, really felt like I wanted to be a part of it. And uh, yeah, and I felt like very deep strongly about that and um so I just I guess decided that I had nothing to lose and like started talking to him about it and like started talking to you and kind of got Kate together Mm -hmm. and the hardest part about doing anything is doing the first thing which would Mm -hmm. have been like talking to Chris about it at the beginning and like getting you on board and everything and then doing the details of things I feel like is a lot easier but um Yeah, I think the biggest thing people struggle with and that I've struggled with is just, like, doing that first thing and taking a chance and having it go one way or the other. It's a lot easier having dreams about doing something and then not doing it because you can't fail. Um, But I just really decided that it was time and that I was ready. And, um, yeah, but I, like, really see this growing. Um, The one thing there's like two parts of what I'm working on right now as you know but um the first part is this event piece and we really want to get into doing more specialty markets of like some corporate events some more entrepreneurial events um some more events with specific people in um more celebrity and music fields and I really see us being able to do that so I think it's just like putting all the pieces together and then finding the right people and finding a way to make it happen. Um, and the other piece is the website that I think is also equally as important of being able to gather this content because people can't be at these events all the time and can't right. be, it's just impossible if you're a real person with a job and you know, you just can't be at events all the time. Yeah. So I think being able to continue to learn astrology or learn, um, take yoga classes and do different things is equally as important so I'm hoping that we're able to integrate both these things in together yeah. really well with hopefully a really strong online community coming up and just being able to like um the idea behind School of Sparkles is being able to weave these different healing modalities together of like astrology and like psychic wisdom and um sound healing and yoga and I got into everything through working in the yoga industry for many years Mm -hmm. so I just think that where we're at right now um I feel in the world is it's time for all these amazing healers to 
stop working like alone and um, really creating a community yeah. of everyone. Absolutely. And a virtual one too, because that mm-hmm. makes sense for so many people. I mean, I, I feel very connected to a lot of, you know, the people that, you know, I work with and for, and, um, and, you know, I, I know that they're all busy and we all need to come together right now too. I, I totally agree. And it's so funny. Like I always said that like yoga is the gateway drug to spirituality mm-hmm. in general, you know, um, especially modern spirituality. So, uh, that's, that's very cool. I'm, I'm super excited. And we're going to be offering a class that I, um, created called karma, dharma, and destiny in the astrological chart soon. So that's just a little, like a little dive into, you know, learning to like predict and intuit, um, when, you know, some of the points of like, why am I here? What are some of my, my karmic, you know, blocks and, um, how can I see, you know, the, you know, specifically like where I'm supposed to be going, like, what's my little mission? What am I here to do? So we talk about your prenatal eclipses, the nodes of the moon, your sun and moon as indicators of your past and future and various Mm -hmm. other things. So it's cool. There's a workbook. There's a really cool video that's like beautifully filmed. I mean, everything that Sarah does and puts together is gorgeous. That's your Libra rising. <laughs> so she's like a Capricorn, 29th degree, Libra rising, moon and Scorpio, um, a boatload of planets in her third house of communication. She's got that Capricorn <laughs> stellium, mm-hmm. Saturn return girl. So everything that you're doing right now is like going to be really sustainable. Like you are on your path. When mm-hmm. The things that you do in your Saturn return stick. Yeah. That's the thing. That's the thing. That's really, so it's really exciting to see you doing this now here because I feel like it's going to be really successful. And remember, Jupiter's coming to Capricorn. Yeah, I'm stoked on that since, you know, m- most of my chart's in Capricorn. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's a crazy time to be a Capricorn when you think of everything with Pluto and Capricorn uh, and everything. Well, Pluto's been there for like 11 years. I know. But Saturn, only since 2017, and then it's like, yeah, it's like, Capricorns and people with Capricorn on the angles or a lot of personal planets in Capricorn or a moon in Capricorn have been basically getting kind of like chewed up and spit out a little yeah. bit, you know? And it, it depends on your consciousness level of like how aware you are of, of what's going on. But I mean, there isn't a Capricorn alive that has escaped unscathed, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like the other cardinal signs are feeling it a lot too. For sure. Yeah. I, one of my best friends is a Libra. Mm-hmm. And um, her moon's in Scorpio, too, actually. And it's funny because both – she doesn't follow astrology or anything. And in January, around the eclipses, and in July, she's like, is there something going on right now? Because mm-hmm. I've been, like, a mess. And I've been like, yeah, actually. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. not it, – for sure. Yeah. And it's like the – yeah, the, the transiting nodes, you know, squaring her sun, mm-hmm. you know, the Saturn and Pluto basically in conjunction. I mean, they've been in conjunction pretty much all year, you know. Um, I mean, they're going to be exact in January, but Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I mean, it's like all that energy is just like beaming by angle, square angle exactly onto her son, her identity. So it's just like, you know, your son is like your ego, your identity, your personality, Mm -hmm. your your solar consciousness, how you express yourself. And that energy of like terminating, it's just like, you're just like, you feel blocked, you know? I mean, sometimes. And it also can be very powerful. I mean, you're writing you personally Sarah like your your chart is like you're riding a lot of the wave I mean right now Saturn like Pluto is exactly square your ascendant mm-hmm. and it's interesting too because like 
Um, I remember my mom telling me when Pluto crossed her ascendant that she felt sur literal surges of power because Pluto was also power. And so, I mean, that is a positive aspect of it. So I don't know if you're feeling that way. If you're feeling Oh, yeah, powerful, absolutely. I would think that you were. I yeah. Mean, but again, I mean, 11 years of, you know, Pluto. Um, and 11 years is really interesting to me, too. Just because um, 11 years ago, for me, I was 18. I had just moved to Colorado. Um, I also discovered in my chart that um, I have Venus retrograde in my chart, mm -hmm. and it went... Um, it progressed direct then too so i feel like this 11 year time like my life was completely different obviously like most people who go to college but um as far as like coming into your power i when i was 18 and we've discussed this but i was badly bullied until i was like pretty much in college and suddenly I was like, oh, I can be friends with everyone and I can do whatever I want. So that was, I feel like, the first thing for me of becoming more powerful, of like no longer feeling victimed to other people that Victimized, I was, yeah, yeah um, that I was forced to be around as a kid. And when you're a kid, you don't really know how to deal with stuff like that, or I didn't. Now, also, I want to mention yeah. that at eight, everyone to a, you know yeah. mostly at 18 18 and a half that's your nodal return your first nodal return mm -hmm. so that also is like a real strong indicator of you finishing and completing karma mm -hmm. it was like the bullying and all of that from a you know a spiritual standpoint was like you know um, a karmic activity that was over then mm -hmm. you know because when you have your nodal return at like 18 18 and a half and then also at 37 um, you know another 18 and a half years after that you start a new cycle, you know, mm -hmm. of like, you know, of, of new karma, of new dharma. So um, that's powerful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And now, like, I guess like 11 years later, um, it being my Saturn return and having all these transits and having, I guess, um, the, my ascendant being squared by Pluto, it's really interesting because now I actually feel like I can do... Um, anything which is very different than I feel like most people could even feel in their lives like mm -hmm. I feel like even like discussing like let's do the events like this for celebrities and like let's do it for like really successful business people I all I think to myself is that a crazy dream to have and then I feel like it's really not and I feel like I'm gonna make it happen mm -hmm. so I think that's very powerful well, you were born to achieve, you know, mm -hmm. and I think that part of it also is like overcoming um, your obstacles, you know, that's very Capricornian as well. It's mm -hmm. like, you know, being that I often quote Debbie Kempton Smith, who is a very funny astrologer who wrote um, Secrets from a Stargazer's Notebook. And she has a lot of funny little metaphors about the signs. But one of them she says about Capricorn is it's like the, the, you know, that basically skinny old goat that starts off eating tin cans. I don't know if you've ever seen like the goats eating tin cans, mm -hmm. you know, but winds up, you know, eating cherries jubilee. It's just like Capricorns always have a strong challenge, a Saturnian karmic challenge that they have to overcome. And it's usually, you know, strong, you know, and it's like you did. And you're very much kind of on your way now, now that you're in your Saturn return of like feeling your power and having all those planets also and especially your retrograde Venus, like conjunct your IC, um, 
is another indicator, I think, of you having to also go through like learning to overcome issues of self-esteem. You know, Venus is also our self-esteem. And I think I see the IC, um, mm-hmm. the Imam Koli, the very bottom of your chart, where you come from, you know, your foundation is also the foundation of your esteem. And so also with all the Capricorn planets in your third house of self-expression too, it's just like mm-hmm. overcoming issues of self-expression too and actually getting really good at it, you know, from someone that may have been introverted, that may have felt like you couldn't, you know, you weren't heard or seen or something to someone that's actually really good at it, at communication. Yeah, and I feel like I actually, it was definitely more of a struggle when I was younger, but I learned pretty young that I had to express myself however I wanted to in order to be powerful and I think those things are deeply connected for me specifically um because even like when I was in middle school which is when I was um bullied the worst which is very common um yeah it's a terrible time yeah it's a terrible time but I like in sixth grade I tried to like really fit in and like dress the way you're supposed to and things like that and then it didn't work so by seventh grade I was like whatever like I'm gonna do whatever I want and um things started to change even by me just doing whatever I wanted like Mm. it's so interesting yeah I was actually just talking to um my best friend about this because she always worries a lot about being smart enough and being good enough at work and she's extremely smart and I was talking to her, and I'm like, you realize that if you are just yourself and you say whatever you want, no one's going to think differently about you. In fact, it's probably going to work out better mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. So I think there's definitely those elements of, like, learning how to express yourself authentically that just works out better. Yeah. You know, seventh grade is, like, when you're 12, right? Yeah. Um, that's your Jupiter return, by the way, too. Your first Jupiter return. And that's always a time where you kind of like expand your consciousness a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, and you realize like, and I, because it's in your ninth house too, like expanded consciousness, you're realizing like, yeah, maybe I should just be myself, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that, that, yeah. And so <laughs> then it transited through your Chiron, which is that kind of like your pain, you know, where you can be hurt, you know, feeling like an outcast because you're like an oddball or different. You yeah. Know? And then Jupiter transited it, just kind of lightening it up a little bit, you know, and that happened that year, that seventh grade Interesting. year. Interesting. Yeah. I love to look back at transits because yeah. they're so accurate. It's, it's uncanny, <laughs> you know, that's why I love to do transits. But we wanted to talk about a little bit about progressions too. Um, and we have probably like maybe 10 or 15 minutes, but, um, So, you know, the things that I look at in a chart usually, like almost every single time when Mm -hmm. I do a reading, is like obviously your natal chart, the current position of the planets as transits, and then also the secondary progressions, which Mm -hmm. is where we take, you know, your chart and move it forward a degree per year you were born. And it's supposed to represent kind of like how your consciousness is changing, you know? Mm -hmm. Because, of course, your natal chart never changes. It is the moment, you know, that you took your first breath. Your soul's, Mm -hmm. your soul's like, you know, imprint. Um... But then you're changing and growing. You know you're different from 10 to 20, you know, yes. to 30 <laughs> yes. now, almost 30. Still not even 30. Still but, not 30. <laughs> but um, lucky you. But, uh, <laughs> but so like, but we both have our sons progressing into Pisces. And mm-hmm. you said it was, it was it's it's like, like the, the same, same week. Yeah, yeah. Next year. Yeah. I was interested because that after is. you told me and I was like, oh, that's kind of weird that 
it's like the same time. It is. It's super interesting. Yeah. Because my son is like six degrees Capricorn. Yeah. And yours is 29. So yeah, that's, that's super very interesting. interesting. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I don't know about you, but I have been looking forward to this for a while because I like am ready to like just embody that Piscean energy. <laughs> I mean, I was telling my mom about this, who's a double Pisces, and like she has like a Pisces stellium, and she was like, "Are you sure?" That's yeah, 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 you're gonna be confused. I'm like, no, I'm gonna be fully embodied. Like, my the Sabian symbol for my son is the um, a veiled prophet speaks, seized by the power of a god. And my mom is always like, "You are finally gonna become the high priestess, you know, when your son moves into Pisces." See, this is the weirdness that I was raised with, but I mean. I was like a super pragmatic Capricorn, you know, for most of my life. Just the idea of like coming out as an intuitive, even though I have been, you know, doing this for that long, it was kind of hidden. Mm-hmm. And I think for me, I just feel like I'm finally like really, really coming out of the closet, you know, and that feels really good. And I am, the more that you practice, you know, your intuition and the more that you practice the you know, utilizing and, and synthesizing some of your own different ways of perceiving information. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the cool thing with with Pisces. I mean, Pisces is you know, in many ways, I call it like the you know, it's the high, it's it's source consciousness. You know, so maybe you're gonna get become a full blown psychic. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, as long as I'm not a medium, I'm. Cool I know, with that. right? Like that seems awful. Poor Chris. Just say no. Yeah. It's hard to say no, though. Sometimes you can't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Don't not. I mean, <laughs> I've always had um, precognitive dreams, and I've had all of my um, ghost encounters, for the most part, have been through dreams. So I've had, you know, many of my dead relatives visit me in the dreams, and so it's not scary, you know? Mm-hmm. But I would never want to experience you know, what many mediums experience. I think it would be frightening. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fact that Chris can't fly into Denver because the airport's haunted, (laughs) which everyone says. So it was interesting when he told me that he didn't know that it was a thing. But I, I, like, need to be able to fly out of Denver because yeah. I live there. Um. Yeah. Well, I don't think that's necessarily <laughs> Yeah, I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> but it'll be fun. Yeah. And then, of course, your progress lines will be in your fifth house. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, that's probably more fun than fourth house. For sure. <laughs> We're talking about Cancer Leo. Yeah. Yeah. That is definitely yeah. more fun. So creative, fun, yeah. vibrant. That's a house of love. Creativity children too so who knows i mean knows? of course well, you are gonna have I your kids you, with if i have kids it'll, um, it'll be within the next 30 years so <laughs> we should hope so yeah so yes i see how perfect that is yeah yeah and so that's great i mean you're definitely gonna have kids within the next 30 years <laughs> um that's funny so there's another little kind of indicator astrologically and you know for me you know the pisces is my third house and um and then that's where my Saturn, my chart ruler, and Chiron conjunction is in Pisces. So I think that's nice, you know? And yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to, I mean, I hope that I, well, maybe, not. I guess I can, I was going to say I hope that I die within the next 30 years, but I probably won't. I say that, I just, yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm 52, so I don't want to be too old. Um, you know what I mean? I had a great grandma at 90 who was still, like, doing great. Okay. She was doing great until she was like 96, 97. Yeah, and so. I mean, I pretty much look like 20 years younger than I am. So yeah. It's 
<laughs> just kidding, but um, but yeah, no, it's it's all good. I'm I'm happy about it. I'm excited. Yeah, well, we third need to house energy is great. So it is. It is based on someone who has like all their planets in their third house. Right. Yeah. And my chart rulers there too. But it's but it's interesting too because um, I've always felt that my Saturn and Pisces in the third house was a, a little bit of inhibited self expression because uh-huh. as you know, like I wanted to be also like my big thing when I was younger is to be an artist. You know, to be a, a musician. You know, that's really what I wanted to do. And. Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't really happen for me. I mean, I was I was in some bands, you know. I did. I was able to to do it for a short time, but it wasn't like the career that I thought that it was going to be. And then, so um, I felt like, and part of that I think was truly my own in- inhibition. Mm-hmm. My it, it was not supposed to be for this lifetime, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, but I'm super happy to be able to be the astrologer the intuitive reader you know the astrology teacher I, this is that's my other my my other thing because i told you i may have said this before that i wanted to be either a high priestess a rock star or an archaeologist when i was a little girl <laughs> like those are the three things <laughs> <laughs> just do them all <laughs> the archaeologist i didn't get to do but i did date an archaeologist once really yeah super cute it's not that many archaeologists yeah, he's a friend that I grew up with, and he probably won't listen to this, but who knows? But um, but yeah, he he ended up doing the archaeology. He's also a Capricorn. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, he's an archaeologist and still is, and um, didn't also didn't really make it too much of his career. He ended up inheriting a lot of property in San Francisco. So cool, <laughs> <laughs> but it's old property, and his house um, is really like an antique museum. That's super cool. I used to do, do, went to Israel a lot. A oh, lot yeah. Of, I was yeah, going to say, Israel's like the archaeology hub. Yeah. Like, they're constant. They, they're digging everywhere there mm-hmm. um, all the time. So. But he was hired by, um, like, the city of San Francisco. I remember when they built the new library, you know, he was hired. He had to, like, ar- they hire archaeologists in certain places to, they have to, like, watch the site if they're, like, digging a new parking lot mm-hmm. or something like that. Because, of course, they found stuff. They found, like, a... Um, a, a Chinese cemetery. Oh, wow. Yeah, from, you know, the 1850s. Interesting. Yeah, it was really cool. That is really cool. Yeah. Anyway, so I just wanted to, because you're here and you're visiting, and Chris is coming imminently, and we're going to talk about the retreat, I just wanted to sort of, like, have a little conversation with you and also to say thank you, you know, thank for, you. for doing this, um, for for everything that you're doing, you know, with the retreat, and... Um, you know, it's always like so fun to talk astrology with you. Um, oh yeah. I'm, I've told you so many times, like I was trying to look for an astrologer friend for like years. It's hard to find. And it's hard to find. I'm not just going to like dump all my current friends, but you know, um, yeah, I mean, I talk about it with people that don't know what I'm talking about all the time, but it's more fun when I can ask someone questions and get clarification on things. So, yeah, yeah I'm glad to have you around. Yeah, good. I'm, yeah. I love it. I mean, it's like, I, you know, I really only had my mom for so long, you know? I mm-hmm. literally, in my entire life, never had, I, I've never seen anything like this right now. Like, this, there's a phenomenon going on. Oh, yeah. Where people are so interested in not just learning about astrology, which is prevalent everywhere because it seems like 
on Instagram, you mm-hmm. know, on a full moon or new moon, like literally every single account that I follow <laughs> yeah. is like posting their own new moon, full moon report, blah, 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 you know, but, um, it, which is hilarious, but it's also cool. I mean, it's a real renaissance. It's a, it's a renaissance in consciousness expansion. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause of course, astrology has been around for over 10,000 years. I mean, it's nothing new, but it is continuing to grow and change and become, you know, a real tool for, for self, for growth and, and transformation. And that's super cool. I love it. Yeah, it is super cool. But so now I actually have people that want to talk astrology with me, but <laughs> I didn't for a long time, well, except for like the old hippies, you know, like my mom's old hippie friends, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Are your sons into it at all? Not really. They might be a little young still. Yeah. Like I mean, you know, they, you know, they're my kids, so they grew up with it, obviously. Yeah. When they were younger, it was different because when they were younger, I got to do all kinds of neat things. And, you know, my kids were really into Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and, um, <laughs> you know, all of that fantasy magical stuff. And Gabriel, my younger son, he was like convinced that he was the son of Neptune. He has Mars and Pisces. Um, and he, you know, we would do all kinds of like imaginative things and talk about Aww. like, who, you know, what God do you feel that you're closest to? And we like really work <laughs> on that, you know, and we do like... Aww. Yeah, we would do all that stuff. But then once they hit, like, adolescence, forget it, you know. And they don't – so, yeah, they're, you know, now that my my older son, he's 24, like, he asked me about, like, a girlfriend. Like, he's like, well, tell me about her. And I'm like, give me your birthday. And he was like, oh, my God, that's totally accurate, you know. So he's – you know, he – Yeah. Kind of. But they also need to find it on their own. Yeah, I think in, like, three or four years – he'll be like more interested because I I think when people get like my friends thought it was more I think felt like everything was more nonsense when we were a little bit younger and now Mm -hmm. they're like um I just feel like even getting older when you're in your 20s is just you have a lot of like life changes and people start wanting to know as much as possible so astrology is really helpful exactly yep that's why most of the people that I read for are like at their Saturn return, mm-hmm. you know, or they are moving into their, um, their nodal return at 37, some to some a little bit at the, the Uranus, um, square of, of 39 to 41. And a lot of people are like the cancer Capricorn, you know, mm-hmm. because like a couple years ago it was all the Leo Aquarius people with eclipses, mm-hmm. eclipse people, people that are, you know, triggered. But yeah, there's certain types of time periods in your life where you're more apt to look at that. And I'm sure they will eventually. Um, but you know, I also read cards and palms and you know all that other stuff. So whenever they need you help, palms they come. Too? I do. Oh, I want that. Yeah, I've never had that. So. Oh well, you'll get it. You'll yeah. get it in a couple minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> now I'm stoked. We'll look and see how many babies you're gonna have. Um, but anyway. <laughs> Yeah, you can email my mom and she'll be like, so happy. Yeah, thank God. Yeah, my mom's like, I just really want grandchildren. I'm like, you're a very young mother. Like, you're not like I have friends whose parents are like in their seventies. Like, she should calm down about it. I agree, mom, calm down. (laughs) Um, Okay, so if you're interested in our next retreat, um, Joshua Tree sold out. Email Sarah at the School of Sparkles. 
And um, she can put you on the waiting list for the next one. Yeah, Sarah and, at schoolsparkles.com or head to um, schoolsparkles.com. You can check out our content on there. Yeah, we already or just have. Find me. Yeah, we have um, some videos from Chris, some candle magic stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we've we, got Kate's like super cool yoga class, and then soon we're gonna have my Karma Dharma Destiny, mm-hmm. which are you know inexpensive little you know courses that you can take and um, and save and watch, and they're all beautifully filmed too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's oh, really also, nice. like, I've, I'm starting to have a bunch of people reach out to be a part of the site who are healers and have different healing modalities that Amazing. they want to contribute. So if that's you, because I know you're connected to a lot of those people, um, let me know. I mean, it's a new yeah. site, but it's going to be something big. So you're going to want to be a part of it. I'm excited. Yeah. Jupiter, baby. <laughs> yeah. Can't All wait. right. Well, thanks, Sarah. I appreciate um, you taking the time in your visit with me in Vegas to talk to me on this little thing so of course um anyway uh i'm sure we'll talk again on um you know on this the joshua retreat we'll probably do like another podcast maybe Mm -hmm. it'll be chris's i don't know um so anyway if you're interested in or you want to contact sarah please do at schoolofsparkles.com and then of course if you need a reading, if you feel like you need some help or insight into this meat grinder time, um, want to know what's up for you, you know how to reach me um, at myprentice, um, persephoneprogram.com, michelle.prentice at gmail.com. Definitely want to hear from you. Um, want to hear you tell me what you would like for me to talk about because I don't even know. But it is fun, and I really appreciate the emails that you sent and the feedback. And I hope that you have an incredible weekend. Um, out of eclipse season so um, get into the sunny um, summer you know energy thanks for listening